Hello again. I'm glad you've returned. Especially now. Sometimes when the world feels upended, I like to take a deep breath and think about three things I'm thankful for. Would you like to take a deep breath with me? Let's do it. Right now, I'm thankful to be in the Book Emporium. I'm thankful to be surrounded by all of these lovely stories. And I'm thankful that I get to share them with you. Now, where did we leave off? Mr. Tafferty had just revealed to Mrs. Mara and Mrs. Zinn that he had seen some mysterious shadows. And of course... There were the unpleasant dreams. Let's continue, shall we? Chapter 3 What Mr. Tafferty, Mrs. Mara, and Mrs. Zinn don't know is that just down Magnolia Street, in the large white house with the green front door, Mr. and Mrs. Deer have also seen the shadows. The day Mrs. Deer was born, there was a parade. The parade was not to celebrate her birth. She was just one of many children born that day, but there was a parade nonetheless. From the window of her hospital room, the infant Mrs. Deer could hear the sounds of a marching band, the bright brassy clarion of trumpets announcing their arrival, the reedy woodwinds dancing their melody across the deep bloom of the tubas, and the percussive taps of the drums marking the marcher's time. You could say that Mrs. Deer was born into music. It inhabited her bones, and from the moment that Mrs. Deer could direct her own limbs, she was dancing. She danced while she completed school assignments. She danced while she was brushing her teeth. She danced while she was dusting the living room and while she was walking to school. She danced until her exasperated parents enrolled her in dance classes. There, she danced with a partner, skimming across the ballroom floor. She tapped her way in circles and learned new angles of her body as she crawled and spun and leapt. She felt the music inside her as easily as her own heartbeat. She danced her way through adolescence and puberty, the lengthening of her limbs and the widening of her hips engendering new motions, until she had danced her way into womanhood and began teaching classes of her own. One day, as she was leaving dance class, she heard the mournful melody of a trombone coming from the street corner. The notes of the song rolled through her in blue and purple waves, Without quite realizing what she was doing, she started to dance right there on the sidewalk, the trombonist gentle glissando guiding her movements. With each motion, she felt as if they were creating a song together. When the music ended, she came to a graceful standstill in front of the musician. He smiled at her. Would you like to go to dinner with me? He said. 
she did go to dinner with him, and many more after that. He had been playing trombone his whole life. Mr. Deer's trombone was an extension of his own arms, comfortably resting on his shoulder as if it had sprouted straight from his body. As a boy, he had seen a trombone in a pawn shop window. He was transfixed by the fluidity of the tubing, the shape and the shine of the instrument. He played his first squawking notes in his bedroom, pursing his lips and feeling the cold metal of the mouthpiece warm from his breath. He joined a band. He played in an orchestra. He played in dark nightclubs where no one knew his name. Now older, he mostly taught trombone lessons, but sometimes, when he felt the world needed it, he stood on whichever corner and played for the people passing by. Mrs. Deer hadn't known that she needed his song until she heard it. Every day with Mr. Deer felt like a small part of her was waking up that she didn't know had been asleep. When he played, she could see the music, passionate reds, gracious yellows, calming greens. She could reach her hand out and feel the music ripple past her. They could create something together. Eventually, they moved into the small apartment over the music school where Mr. Deer taught lessons. When she was home, Mrs. Deer could hear the sounds of the piano, the clarinet, and the trombone floating up through the floorboards, and when she wasn't teaching dance lessons herself, she found herself moving along to the music. The apartment was small, only one room. At night, Mr. Deer played the trombone, and she would dance just like that day on the corner. When he finished the song, he would put down the instrument and gather her in his arms. I promise, he would say, that one day we will live in a big white house on a beautiful street, and you will be able to dance all day. Mrs. Deer didn't mind the small apartment. Yes, the pipes were a bit leaky, and the heater didn't always work. There certainly wasn't enough space for a proper foxtrot. But despite all of that, it was home. They were just settling into their life together when one day Mr. Deer, smiling from ear to ear, climbed the stairs from the music school to their apartment. Mrs. Deer was just finishing cooking dinner. She had learned that when Mr. Deer began chromatic scales with his students, it was the perfect time to start cooking. Mr. Deer held her hands in his. I have wonderful news. I found a new job. His new job would be in a big office building much further away. What about the trombone? Mr. Deer shook his head. He would make much more money at this new job. They would be able to move out of the small apartment into a house where the pipes never leaked and the heater always worked. They would have plenty of room for fox trotting and waltzing and jiving and tangoing. They would be happier. The next day, they rode the train together, and Mr. Deer walked with Mrs. Deer to the building, pointing up to the window where his office would be. 
Mrs. Deer squinted her eyes to see. The building was so tall, it was hard to imagine the tiny black square as a window that Mr. Deer would look out of, and she didn't hear any music at all. The next week, Mr. Deer started his new job. He left very early in the morning to take the train to the tall office building, and he came home very late at night. Sometimes he played the trombone in the living room, but more often than not, he was too tired. Maybe tomorrow night, he would say. Mrs. Deer missed the colors. After a few weeks, Mr. Deer had another surprise for her. One weekend, he walked her down a beautiful little street with all its tidy little houses with neat front yards. He showed her the large white house at the end of the row with the green front door. It's beautiful, she said. It's ours. And it was. The first thing Mrs. Deer did in their new home was to paint each room a different color, each a voice in a rainbow symphony. They slept in the green room, cooked in the gray room, and dined in the yellow room. Mrs. Deer danced in the purple room. Soon, Mr. Deer moved his work to the blue room. He had become a very important person at his job. The room became stacked with very important papers, and he made very important telephone calls all day. He was a very busy person. In retrospect, Mrs. Deer thinks that perhaps that was when she first noticed the shadows, those bits of fleeting darkness in the corners of her eyes. Perhaps it was the day that, sitting across from each other eating dinner in the yellow room, Mr. Deer said to her, I can't think with all that music and stomping during the day. How can I do my work with all that noise? And so Mrs. Deer stopped dancing. She tried to fill her time with other activities. She read books in the purple room instead. She planted flowers in the yard. She repainted the porch swing that they never had time to sit on. But she couldn't help feeling like she was seeing things. As she was turning the page of a book or bending over a flower bed, from the corner of her eyes she saw something dark move past her. Each time she felt she saw the shadow, a feeling of incredible sadness would wash over her, as if the darkness was stealing some part of herself. She tried to bring it up at dinner. Have you noticed anything strange in the house? Strange? What do you mean? Sometimes I think I see shadows, but only if you don't look at them directly. Mr. Deer looked up from his dinner. Do you think we have mice? No, not like that. Mrs. Deer didn't know how to explain. Never mind. What if you play the trombone after dinner tonight? I have work to finish. Mrs. Deer didn't respond. The same morning that Mr. Tafferty, Mrs. Mara, and Mrs. Zinn are discussing the shadows, Mrs. Deer wakes up to a strange sound. Mr. Deer is not in bed, already working in the blue room. Mrs. Deer can hear him on the phone, even at this early hour. She hears the noise again. It's a thumping sound coming from outside. 
She opens the bedroom window and looks outside. The dawn is only just beginning to break over the horizon, and in its blossoming light she can see over the roof of her front porch and to the sidewalk where a red bicycle is lying, the back wheel still spinning. She's certain she's never seen the bicycle before, and it looks too small to be for an adult. She stops to think. Has she ever seen a child on Magnolia Street? She looks around. Where is the owner of the bike? Who would leave a bike in the middle of the sidewalk like that, and so early in the morning? She puts on her bathrobe and goes downstairs. When she opens the front door, the bike is still there. She goes to the blue room and knocks on the door. Mr. Deer opens the door crack. Yes. There's a bicycle on the sidewalk, Mrs. Deer replies. I'm very busy, says Mr. Deer. I think this is important. Please, come look. It might be a child's. Mr. Deer looks back over his shoulder at the piles of papers on his desk and sighs. They both stand on the front porch and stare at the bike. The owner of the bike has not returned. The muscles in Mrs. Deer's stomach begin to tighten. What if something happened to the child? She is sure that it must belong to a child. From up the street, they see two older women coming towards them. One is tall and thin, and one is shorter and rounder. They are holding hands and talking animatedly to a very tall man with a long beard and coat. They stop when they see the bicycle. The shorter woman looks up at the deers, alarmed. Did you see the boy? What boy? The boy who rides this bike, the one who delivers the dreams. You do get your dreams, don't you? Well, yes, but I didn't know who brought them. Mrs. Deer thinks of the blue envelopes that are left on their doorstep each morning. The envelopes always arrive before they awake. She never thought to consider how they got there. Mr. Deer looks around the porch to see if there is an envelope there. Mrs. Deer takes a step forward. This bike belongs to a boy that brings the dreams? Yes, yes, the short woman says impatiently. I've only seen him once. He rides a bike and places each envelope on each door. The taller woman looks at her amazed. You never told me that. Well, it didn't seem like he wanted to be seen. It felt like it was a secret that shouldn't be shared. We're not supposed to have secrets, the taller woman huffs. Not now, Mrs. Mara, the shorter woman snaps. The bike is here, but the boy is not. Something is not right. Stay calm, says the bearded man. There must be some sort of explanation. Mr. Deer holds up a small blue envelope. We did receive a dream. The whole group turns to look at him as Mr. Deer opens the envelope. Oh my, this isn't a dream. He turns the cream-colored paper so that everyone can see. It just says, help. Hmm, the dream 
deliverer is in trouble. It must be related to those strange shadows, don't you think? I suppose we'll have to find out next time. Until then, stay safe out there.